right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And that is a tall order today because we are talking about the new film from Ari Aster, Bo is Afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix as poor Bo going on an anxiety-riddled journey to go see his mother. Uh, it's a wild one. And joining me to talk about it is Matt Davis from Shall I Stream It? we got a great conversation, lots of great puzzle pieces to talk about, and try to figure this movie out. But before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You could, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you're listening right now. Just hit that subscribe or follow button, whatever the button says. Just hit that. And while you're at it, maybe drop a five-star rating and review if you like what we do here on Piecing It Together. You can also follow me on social media at PiecingPod. I'm on Twitter. I've been more active on Instagram lately, so check out the Instagram. And check out our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Last but not least, I do want to let you know about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. I've got a couple of bonus albums that are going to be going up there very soon. Also, we just recorded a new exclusive Awesome Movie Year episode for the Patreon that'll be going up any day now when this goes up or might already be out by the time this goes up but regardless there's lots of great bonus and advanced content it's patreon.com slash by david rosen if you want to support the show that way i really do appreciate it and with that said let's talk about Bo is afraid All right, we are going to attempt to talk about Bo is Afraid. This is going to be a weird one. And joining me is Matt Davis from Shall I Stream It? Matt, thanks so much for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, David. Yeah, you sure picked a uh, a weird one to talk about. This is I think we knew that, though, going in, right, with an Ari Aster film. Yeah, I picked a doozy, so I was expecting a weird movie, and a weird movie I received. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into it uh, in a minute here, but it is your first time on the show, so tell my listeners a little about you and your site. So I run a website and YouTube channel called Shall I Stream It? We do movie and TV reviews, Uh, we talk about streaming services in general, so Whether you are looking to see what is coming out on streaming, to get some help with your grandma for using her Roku player, Um, we cover all things related to streaming services. So uh, we are on YouTube. Look up Shall I Stream It? You can go to shallistreamit.com. Look up Shall I Stream It on Twitter. Um, We have a lot of cool things happening. Just added in some new writers, got a guy who is a uh, member of the Critics' Choice Association writing for us now, so I'm really excited, and uh, yeah, cool things happening over at Shall I Stream It? Right on. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, send my dad to your channel because uh, I'm currently, you know, I have to teach him how to do every single freaking thing, and it's... uh... It's getting to be much, but uh, we'll talk about that uh, maybe off mic a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, before we start getting into puzzle pieces and stuff like that for Bo is Afraid, uh, I want to kind of like set the scene here at, for Ari Aster and his films. Like, were you a big fan of Midsommar and Hereditary? Yeah, I was definitely a big fan of Hereditary um, and Midsommar, both of those. 
Hereditary in particular, I thought was a masterpiece mm. of horror. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, some people might think that Hereditary, like I guess if you've seen like every Japanese horror film or independent horror film, it might be tame for you. But for me, it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, especially just the uh, the level of creepiness for me was the thing that really got to me. Just how it kind of got under my skin and made my skin crawl with Tony Collette's performance, which I think was spectacular oh, and one so of the good. best performances I've seen. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's like I think for a lot of us of like our like age range, like we're all going to just be like talking forever about that's like the big snub of, of like Academy history. It's like, it's truly ridiculous, but, uh, but yeah, you know, talking about how creepy that movie is and then Midsommar to a degree as well, even though that's more getting weirder versus scary, like definitely kind of tipping the scales. Um, I think that's something we should talk about before we, uh, start on some puzzle pieces here. Were you, uh, aware of or prepared or had you seen any uh, talks with Ari Aster going into Bo is Afraid where he discussed how funny he thought this movie was like how funny his intentions were in making this I did not okay. so one of the things that I try to do is before I see a film I avoid the press yeah um, so I'll I'll watch the trailer and for me, when I saw the trailer, I got kind of like big fish vibes for sure. some reason. Yeah. I think just from the visuals, uh, that is not the vibe I got <laughs> leaving the theater. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I went into the film fairly blind. Yeah. I think on our trailers episode, I think we might have brought up big fish actually, which, you know, definitely once you actually get to the real movie, I mean, you might still be able to make that comparison, but uh, maybe not as much, but uh, yeah. So I, you know, we know of Ari Aster as this horror guy and this movie, I, I feel like your enjoyment of it definitely is going to hinge on whether or not you're going in expecting the next big horror movie from Ari Aster versus where's this guy going to take me? And where he, where he takes you is to a very anxious, insane, messy, but like very entertaining, at least I felt, uh, like wild ride of a film. And so I think that's the place to uh, start approaching this from. And I know that's going to play into a lot of my puzzle pieces along the way. But with that said, let's start getting the, some puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first one? Yeah, so for my first one, this is a film I thought about just not in terms of the style of it, but also in terms of how people have reacted to the film mm -hmm. was Mother from sure. Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Um, you know, when I saw the reactions uh, to Bo is Afraid, which I tried to reserve mostly until after I had seen it, it made me think so much of how people responded to Mother. Uh, these were two films that just had a very polarized response from the audience. And I think in some ways the negative response helped fuel interest in the film. At least it did for me in both cases. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I saw it as a scenario where you had two directors that really had built a brand for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with Darren Aronofsky, he, you know, had more films under his belt and it does seem like he probably had more films like Noah, where there was more studio involvement sure, um, than what Ari Oster had. 
Um, but you had two directors where their names can be on a poster and people will go see that film because of that director. Yeah. And this was, you know, it kind of felt like their opportunity to just go wild with something. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that, that's definitely the vibe that I got from both Mother and uh, from Bo is Afraid. Although I do, you know, I would say that I think Mother has a more perhaps sympathetic portrayal of Mother's. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it depends on your reading of the film. I, I love Mother. I, it's one of my favorite movies. And uh, yeah, I, I agree, especially the first hour of Bo is Afraid. And we'll get into like, you know, spoiler territory and everything with this conversation and talk about like where things go. But that first hour of Bo literally just being afraid of everything and unable to leave his apartment and uh, just everything that is all, all of his fears and anxieties manifesting uh, around his, his life. Like all that stuff is, it kind of leaves you that same, like jaw on the floor. Like how are they not only doing this, but like thinking of even trying to attempt this and then the choreography of it all, the cinematography of it all, and like trying to continuously ramp up the crazy from beginning to end. Like it just goes, goes, goes in a way that mother did for sure. I think also, and this speaks to exactly what I was just talking about before we got into puzzle pieces. Um, both films kind of sold as a horror movie, which mother isn't really a horror movie. Like it's, it's, bizarre and dark and weird and but you know it's not a horror film and the same could be said for Bo is Afraid there's horrific moments in it very nightmare like you know scenarios but when it comes down to it it's like a funny anxious weird film most of all and so you know two very different films in that sense but both being you know marketed as a horror movie to you know go out to on a Friday night I think mainstream audiences you know it's Kind of not a surprise they didn't connect with either of these two movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, when I went into Mother, um, you know, it was an Aronofsky film, so I guess you don't totally know what to expect. But I, I did remember thinking, oh, you know, it's a psychological drama, and uh, I got, you know, a baby being ripped apart and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Oh, it's a great movie. I'll go to my first puzzle piece, which I had kind of told you in advance I would definitely be kicking it off with, and that is Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York, uh, which I think is it's the big one. It's like you kind of got to get it out of the way. It's it's his opus. It's his like almost passion project kind of thing about this ancient anxious man who's constantly in fear of dying, and he decides it's his life's mission to stage this play about all of human experience and ends up in the process of trying to capture all that, uh, creating this whole replica of his life within a playhouse and things get very out of control and surreal. And, uh, you know, I think that that Kaufman's work uh, hangs very much over Bo is Afraid. And I think to a degree, uh, Midsommar as well. I, I think there was some Kaufman influence there as well, but just that, uh, insanely over-the-top, anxious feeling of the comedy and of the filmmaking in general. There, there's so many layers there that I think you can point to that include a lot of uh, a lot of Jewish anxiety. Uh, like, quite frankly, you know, and I, I know that very well as a Jew. But um, I also think you know any kind of anxiety, whether it's you know the the fear of his mother, the fear of sex, the fear of the outside world, the fear of people getting into your apartment the spider that's in his apartment like there's so many things to be scared of all that kind of like 
going together and, and building up into just this world of anxiety and the way that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Synecdoche, New York is just on edge from beginning to end and uh, the way that that is making his world crumble around him. I think there's so many comparisons that could be drawn between the two. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I think that the thing I, I told you earlier was um, I worked at a movie theater when that first came out mm -hmm. and I will always associate it with people ordering tickets for a variety of pronunciations of that <laughs> film. Yeah. No one knew what to do with that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's amazing. And um, I, you know, I'm always excited when I can, you know, ever since I started this podcast, like I'm always excited when I can see a movie and be like, oh, there's a little bit of Kaufman in there because we don't get enough Charlie Kaufman, quite frankly. I mean, we, you know, we, we just had, I'm thinking of ending things a couple of years ago, but that was his first movie in I think six, seven years. And uh, hopefully we'll get something again soon. But in the meantime, we've got Ari Aster's out there. We've got Daniel's out there doing things that are definitely in that kind of uh, world. And so uh, that's always exciting to see. But let's go to your next piece. What do you got next? Yeah, so as for my next piece, um, this is a film I just kept thinking back to as I was watching it, and that is Joker. Sure. Um, you know, both star Joaquin Phoenix, obviously, but um, both of these movies engaged with the subject of mental health, mm -hmm. I felt like, in really provocative ways. And I'm always really interested to see when actors have kind of a connective thread from one project to another uh so for me seeing joaquin phoenix you know do a project with like joker where it caused so much discussion around mental health yeah to then go and do another project where it's dealing with anxiety and dealing with a person who is you know see seeking help from a therapist uh, i found that part to be really interesting and I, both of these films also alter your sense of reality based on not what is perhaps literally happening within this universe, but sure. what is happening within those characters' minds. Yeah, yeah. When you when you get to that kind of character, I mean, there everything is going to be questionable. And yeah, both of these movies definitely deal with people who have been failed by the system, who have gone through so many different kinds of traumas and whose uh whose stories are you know really sad like when you break it down but then both approach them in very big movie kind of ways so yeah i mean joker is perhaps a little more mainstream mm -hmm. sure <laughs> don't really think uh bo is afraid is gonna reach the billion dollar club <laughs> but you know it could you, you never know if it if it reaches the 35 million dollar club we can all celebrate so uh <laughs> then we'll get uh Bo is afraid too oh, yeah. starring lady gaga yes let's do it i'm down <laughs> uh i'll go to my next piece and that is going to be jim carrey in the truman show uh i you know the feeling of a, a world that is just built around this one guy and uh of course in the truman show jim carrey you know eventually realizes that and begins to fight back against that uh, and Bo is afraid you know poor Bo. you know it's it's really hard to say what he realizes and what he doesn't realize and and what has been built up around him and what hasn't and is just kind of his imagination or his anxieties manifesting in a way uh but it certainly feels like 
you know, strings are being pulled and his life is being manipulated in ways. And uh, whether that's by his mother, by his psychiatrist, by just everybody else in his world, uh, it's hard to say. But I think, you know, both of these characters live in that world that doesn't quite feel real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I definitely got that feeling at the very end where he's in the kind of stadium mm -hmm. and there's all those people watching. Um, so. Yeah, it makes you, as an audience member, kind of question your own sense of reality too. Like, you know, is this all a simulation? Sure, absolutely, which it probably is. But uh, <laughs> let's go to your next piece. Yeah, my next piece is The Tree of Life. Sure. Um, this is another film that I, you know, I think it had a divided reaction from general audiences. Um, but for me, this was one of the first films that I really felt like I was able to step back and accept that it's okay if I'm sitting through a movie and I don't know everything that is right. going on right yeah. off the bat. And I feel like that's a thing in general with kind of film criticism in the film world. I feel like people are afraid to engage with certain films if they feel like they don't get it. And you don't have to get it. Like, if you go to an art gallery, you're not going to be able to write a 50-page essay on a, a piece of artwork unless you have really, like, sat through that and you've engaged with it and you've talked with people about it and you've learned about the craft and, you know, behind it. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, they, these were both films that went from kind of, like, sort of real-life you know, drama to escalating to worlds that are very off the rails and going into very, uh, you know, artistic cerebral territory. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I thought back to the tree of life. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I think you're, you're really hitting on something that like, really we need to talk about with a lot of movies nowadays, like, you know, the rise of the ending explained videos and all that kind of stuff. Like when we had to just sit and think about a movie for the next year or two, you know, and like it, they lit, you live with them and you never forget those movies because you've put so much thought and so much time into them. You know, now so many movies, everybody wants like the, the answer, like by the time they go to bed that night and uh, you know, then you forget about the movie a couple of weeks later and like, you know, it's it's really, that's the sign of a great movie is when you can sit and chew on it for a while, something like The Tree of Life, something like Bo is Afraid. And uh, it's a shame that people don't want to engage that way anymore, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really good point and a, and a great movie to bring up as a piece here. Um, speaking of movies that I don't get right away when I saw them, and I don't know if I still get at all, but I'm going to go with The Wolf House for my next piece from 2018, uh, which is an absolutely bizarre uh, Chilean animated film, stop-motion animation, which is really creepy, and a perfect example of animation as something that's just, you know, not just for kids, but, um, you know, so influential here that Ari Aster actually invited the uh, directors to come work on the animated sequences of Bo is Afraid. So I think it's a, a pretty, you know, obvious and definite influence here. And the way that Bo is kind of breaking from reality and using stop motion to kind of show that in those sequences, I, I think uh, we're seeing some really, really inventive stuff there. And stop motion is really having a moment like between the Wolf House from a couple of years ago and then uh, you know, last year we had Pinocchio and, and we had uh, The House on Netflix. We've been having a lot of, oh, and uh, 
uh, Phil Tippett's Mad God. Uh, we, we've been getting a lot of really cool stop motion lately, and that whole sequence in Bo is Afraid really adds to uh, to this moment that stop motion has been having lately. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess I was a little bit taken aback from the trailers because mm -hmm. I felt like there was so much emphasis in the trailer on those sequences, but seeing how this was integrated into the film, I felt like was very effective that you have this moment that is this imaginative sequence and uh, it was just very well done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird too, because like, you know, and again, this speaks to Bo's mind state, um, you know, that sequence going full on animated and, you know, it's so weird and everything, pretty much the same level of weird as anything that isn't animated. Like it's all just weird from beginning to end, everything that's going on, whether it's live action animation, some mix between um, it's all just broken from reality from beginning to end the whole movie. So it, it fits in so well because it's always like that. Uh, but yeah, what do you have for your next piece? Yeah. So for my next one, I, I know we did talk about this earlier, but is the movie hereditary mm. um you know i i kept thinking back to how both films deal with family trauma and sure. you know specifically the subject of the mother and you know i'm not going to do a psychoanalysis on the director here but it's just interesting to see that connective thread and to see those subjects explored um we also saw him explore that with a short film uh, i believe it was called there's something about the johnsons yeah i've never seen his uh short films one of these days i'm gonna have to sit down and marathon those yeah i i remember i i think it went kind of semi-viral on youtube like in the early days of youtube mm -hmm. i don't remember what i guess it was 2011 so it wasn't that early okay but yeah i i just remember there being so much discussion around that short film yeah and i won't spoil anything about it. i don't know if you've like read the plot plot line or anything but um you know both that and hereditary deal with family trauma yeah. and uh you know it's I think a, a center of so much psychological drama and psychological horror. Um, so it's an interesting thing to explore and engage with. And that's what I like about the horror genre, even though this film, Bo is Afraid, wasn't necessarily a horror film, is it helps you, it helps people deal with difficult subjects that I think you can't necessarily explore in other places. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about Hereditary as well as a puzzle piece. And like, it's funny when I, I've seen this before and I'm trying to remember other examples of it, but where it's so clear that like a director's previous film, uh, either the title or the main theme of it or something was an inspiration on something they did later on. But, um, you know, we get to the sequence, you know, towards the end of the movie where we find out about some of the things that his mom, you know, may have said to him when, when he was young and basically telling him that uh, his grandfather died from sex and that was what made his father and then his father died from sex, which is what made him and the psychological effects that that would have on this poor kid, you know? And I mean, that literally is the title of Hereditary. Like, like that title could have applied to that story, that big reveal. So like it just, it would have fit so perfectly as the title of this movie, but he already used it. So, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah. So, so good piece, uh, there using, uh, using Hereditary in this list um i'll go with the 40 year old virgin the judd apatow film with steve carell for my next one okay. this kind of ties right back into what we were just talking about there with uh with what poor Bo was told uh growing up but just that anxiety and 
just being totally afraid from, you know, their entire life of sex. And of course, the 40 year old virgin, you know, approaches it in a much different kind of movie, you know, just a straight up comedy, a broad comedy. Um, but it's a universal thing, I think, you know, people's fear when they haven't had sex yet and like of what it's how it's going to change their life and what it's going to be like and are they going to be good at it or whatever. And then, of course, when he finally does uh, just how awfully that goes so that leads to like a big huge like one of one of the key moments of the film i think and uh yeah i mean there's just so much anxiety around it that it's like it's a perfect thing to kind of build the whole movie around and then for that to be such like almost it's kind of the big moment of the film i think in a way yeah yeah you know (laughs) there was a big moment with uh you know some penis monster going on and Bo is afraid so that that's something. a big moment as well so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah plus we get mariah carey so that also uh, helps elevate things so you know i'm sure there yeah i, I can't remember the 40 year old version i'm sure there was some good pop songs in that one too yeah that was one thing that really kind of um you know i i, I enjoyed with Bo is afraid was their music selection and how out of place and random it seemed but yes. also so fitting yeah Absolutely. What do you got for your next one? So my next one, just going with the subject of the kind of creepy mom is Carrie. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I think that to me is like the ultimate film about the kind of like deranged mother. And I think that's a really interesting subject to explore, um, I think, in the horror genre and a variety of different mediums is seeing that. Um, kind of like opposite of the motherly or nurturing figure uh, twisted into something kind of dark. And um, we saw that explored in Carrie. We've seen echoes of that in Bo is Afraid. And uh, yeah, I did kind of think back to that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always wondering, like, first of all, great piece. But, you know, second of all, on, on a little bit of a tangent, I'm always wondering when, like, Hollywood will put a horror movie out in September when, you know, Halloween is just a month away. Mother's Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. Why didn't this movie come out on Mother's Day? Why didn't Evil Dead Rise come out on Mother's Day? Why didn't Mafia Mama come out on Mother's Day? We had all these great mother-related movies in April. Like, you know, we could have just done it in May. I don't know. Yeah, it could be, you know, maybe if you don't take your mom to a movie, you've got some mommy issues. (laughs) This could be... That's a good, that's a good uh, way to put it. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, that definitely like, this is, you know, one of the, the creepy mom movies. So it definitely fits in there with, uh, bringing up Carrie. Um, I will go with, uh, let's see, I, I get a couple more here. I, I'm going to go with Freddie got fingered for my next puzzle piece here. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got a lot of like weird, weird stuff being thrown at the screen here. And, uh, I looked it up. Uh, Tom Green got $14 million to make, you know, whatever he could think of, which is not going to, you know, connect with most audiences, although is an amazing movie. And I love Freddy Got Fingered. But, um, you know, it's a movie that like stood no chance. You know, it wasn't going to make its money back. It wasn't going to connect with most mainstream audiences. It wasn't going to connect with critics. It was just going to be this weird vision a, a, you know a, a filmmaker's passion project a vision um them doing something that is just so personal and weird and unique to them 
And that's kind of what Ari Aster got to do here with $35 million. And, you know, thank you, A24, for letting him do it, because not a lot of studios would. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think Bo is Afraid is going to end up on my, like, you know, favorite movies of the year list, even though I really liked it. But at the same time, I am always so happy when a studio lets someone with this kind of mind just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Uh, you know... Freddie got fingered. Uh, what that makes me think of is um, when A.O. Scott, I believe is his name, the New York Times critic, sure. recently uh, retired. I remember in his kind of like retrospective interview, he talked about how he gave that film a, a very positive review. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he, he was on the right side of history, A.O. Scott. <laughs> I can't remember his exact quote, but it was something like this has high art potential or I I don't I don't remember. I completely agree. It, it does have high art potential. <laughs> I just find it funny that, you know, he's like retiring from the industry because Marvel movies are taking over. But he's like, you know, Freddie got fingered. That was a. Uh, yeah. If, if more art. movies were like Freddie got fingered, he'd stick around longer. <laughs> 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 what do you have for your next piece? Um, you know, I guess it just off the top of my head, you know, visually, I do feel like Big Fish, it feels like kind of a, you know, similar reference, at least in terms of that animated sequence. Sure, sure. Um, you know, that is something that I would see a connective tissue with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I only have one more piece. Um, and mine would be more in general, the work of Terry Gilliam, um, you know, could be, you know, the Odyssey adventure aspect of it with like something like the adventures of Baron Munchausen or, uh, you know, the weirdness and the humor of something like Fear and Loathing or the mental illness of the Fisher King. Like, you know, there's really a lot of his films that you could kind of connect here. And it, I think, again, that's something that I could see in Midsommar as well. I think that, you know, even though Ari Aster keeps getting, you know, lumped in as like this horror filmmaker, I think he's much more interested in a lot of other weirder kind of ideas within film and uh while they'll always be maybe horror adjacent um you know and certainly a lot of like nightmarish visuals uh he's interested more in like kind of pushing uh what what film could do and what it can be in a way as somebody like a terry gilliam has done isn't Ari Oster, didn't I read he's working on a musical as well i think so as a western musical is that what it yeah. is yeah so I I'm I'm down. That's all I got to say. And Joaquin Phoenix is on that one as well. So I am absolutely mm -hmm. down for that. Um, yeah, let's uh, read down the list of our finished puzzle here, and we'll get to some closing thoughts. But we talked about Mother, Synecdoche, New York, Joker, The Truman Show, The Tree of Life, The Wolf House, Hereditary, The Forty Year Old Virgin, Carrie, Freddie Got Fingered, Big Fish, and the work of Terry Gilliam. Lots of weird stuff in here. Lots of interesting stuff. Any other closing thoughts that you uh, had? Anything we didn't quite get to here? I am still just recovering from that penis monster. So. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's certainly a work of nightmares. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that happened, I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. This, uh, went off the rails in a way I wasn't expecting, so... You know, it's it's a film I feel like I've got to watch a second time, a third time, really pick it apart and mm -hmm. see, you know, all of the things I discover. Yeah. Maybe there's other penis monsters I missed. 
probably i mean it's a very dense film there's a lot going on in every single like frame of every scene i mean we even like going through puzzle pieces we didn't even talk about like some of the you know some of the things that happen along bo's journey i mean like his whole time with uh, amy ryan and nathan lane like living as their kind of adopted son and all the weird shit at their house like there's, there's so much to the movie and so many uh, so many sequences and so many steps along his journey. It really is like a journey type film, an odyssey film. Um, the, yeah, it, it's there. There's a lot here to go through. And, you know, actually, I want to throw uh, one more uh, bonus puzzle piece in, even though we already uh, listed out the finished puzzle, but Shiva Baby from a couple years ago. Mm. Uh, talk about Jewish anxiety. Um, and also, uh, I, I liked at the uh, when he finally makes it to his mom's house and there's a truck out front because he had just missed the the, uh, the funeral, the Shiva, and it's Shiva Steves, which made me laugh. Um, it was the name of the company that, I guess, threw the party for them. So, uh, yeah, a little bonus piece there. But... Yeah, like I said, it's just such a dense film. There's so much to it and I feel like I feel like if you were to kind of attack each individual sequence of the film, you could even find like probably another dozen puzzle pieces that we could talk about here. Mhm. I know for me just with some of the little details of the film, uh I'm someone I don't like spiders. <laughs> so there's a moment pretty early in the film where they're in the hallway and you see a poster that's uh, like warns about brown recluses being in the building. And then I'm, I saw that and it it made me think of the episode of black mirror Mm. uh, where the guy goes into virtual reality and there's the giant spider and there being like references before that to spiders. Like there's a t-shirt that someone is wearing that has a picture of a spider and for me being an arachnophobic person that does not like to see that, that yeah. always like sticks in my mind and I'm like, oh, they're going to do something. There's going to be another spider. And there was. Uh, I Just as a quick tangent, but I was cleaning out my garage a few years ago and there was a wine glass and in the wine glass was a, a brown recluse spider. And, you know, who knows how long it had been out there. It had to be dead, right? No. It was alive and just sitting in the wine glass. And I, I can't even like look at any box or anything in my garage anymore. Like, it's just like, there's going to be a spider on every single fucking thing. It's just, it's horrifying going out there. But ugh. just survived on the leftover wine, I guess. Remnants of wine. Yeah, drunk ass spider. Well, uh, I think that does it for Bo is Afraid. Is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, goodness. You know, you mentioned Shiva Baby um, at South by Southwest. I saw the movie Bottoms. Oh, I can't was, wait. Yeah, that was quite funny. So once it uh, comes out to theaters, um, I'm not really sure what their distribution plan is, but um, I definitely recommend that. Nice. Yeah, very much looking forward to Bottoms. So a uh, great recommendation there. Uh, Matt, tell us again where they could find you and your site. Yeah, you can go to shallistreamit.com. Or look up Shall I Stream It on YouTube, Twitter, um, Facebook. So yeah. Awesome. Check it out. Thank you so much for doing the show, and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. Alrighty. I appreciate it, David. Welcome to the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. What up? What up? 
Well, each week we'll explore the classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a little comedic twist. We will ask those important questions like why don't they get out of the haunted house the first time they see the ghost or the demon? Why do people feel like, hey, there's been a spooky disappearance, but I'm going to investigate myself even though I have no investigative background? Or why didn't I realize I was dead the whole time? These important questions and many others we will get to the bottom of. So check us out each week at the podcast that wouldn't die. Be there or be square. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Bo is Afraid. Thanks to Matt Davis for joining me on that one. And thank you to all of you for listening. If you enjoy piecing it together, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really like the show, maybe rate and review us. Five stars would be awesome. And all those ratings and reviews helps get the show in front of new people. And that's what we're trying to do. So I do appreciate it if you do that. You can also, of course, share us. That helps too. And follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, if you want to join in in the conversation. We have a lot of great movie-related conversations going on over there. Lots of fun people to talk movies with, so join us. You could also check out our Patreon. I told you about it at the top of the show. Patreon.com slash Rosen. Lots of great content to check out from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and My Music Career. So, with that said, let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And I don't know. I don't have anything that sounds like Mariah Carey. So instead, I'm going to go weird. How about that? Uh, I'm going to go with a track called Everything and Nothing from my most recent album, More Content. I hope you enjoy this song, and we will be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.